0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is The Major's Well your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey majors! welcome back to the show. I hope you all had a wild and roaring sowin, as much as one can amidst a global pandemic, to lead us out of this dark moon phase of the podcast. I thought I would speak about a deity that represents something a little lighter. She is the embodiment of the sun, the moon and the stars, and some of her epithets say she's the mistress of magic, she who is rich in spells, the great of sorcery. Today, I'm going to be speaking about the goddess Isis. Hailing from ancient Egypt, she is arguably the most worshipped and recognized goddess in the world, as she transcended the borders of Egypt. From East Africa to Western Asia, throughout Europe, and even into the UK, her cult spread. And when it landed in Rome in 86 BCE, it defied previous spiritual norms in the fact that it was open to both women and enslaved peoples. This rocked Roman society, so much so that the Senate tried to actually ban it at least five times from what we know, between 59 to 48 BCE. But still, Isis prevailed. She followed the Romans into Great Britain and had a shrine founded in her name in London. During an excavation in 2004, a lead bust was uncovered in an ancient Roman villa in Swindon, UK. The bust depicted Isis. She was also very popular in Paris. Now, it's even said the name Paris derives from her name, Par Isis, meaning the Grove of Isis, which was obviously shortened to Paris, how we know the city today. Her statues also travelled down the Silk Road and may have actually inspired the Chinese goddess Quan Yin. There's even suggestions that Isis made it to India through Roman sea trade. Today, in the modern state of Kerala, an area that had ties with Rome. A cult worships Patini, a goddess with similar attributes and a mythology to Isis. One of Patini's temples, the Karumbaha Devi Temple, appears to be built on old Roman ruins. Back in ancient Egypt, Cleopatra tried to tie her lineage with Isis to legitimise and add authority to her rule. The last temple to Isis in southern Egypt, on the island of Philae, was shut down in 537CE by the troops of the Byzantine conqueror Justinian. The temple walls were washed and painted over, the priests and priestesses arrested, and the temple was converted to a Christian church. Votive statues of her were confiscated, seized and taken back to the capital of Constantinople, Istanbul today. Justinian's troops also extinguished the official flame of ISIS, that had burned steadily in Egypt for 2,000 years. Her temples in Paris also fell under Christian conversion, and today are key sites within Catholicism. A huge rival to Christianity, it's actually thought that she took the mask of Mary and merged with her. A lot of Mary's iconography today derives from ISIS. The Temple of Isis in Pompeii is in excellent condition, as well as much of the city, and it is a huge pilgrimage site to modern worshippers of Isis. Also, a few decades ago, the Egyptian president, Gamal Abdel Nasser, gifted Nubian temples to Isis, to countries who would help preserve them after they came under threat from flooding, due to the construction of the Aswan Dam. There's a rumour that the temple installed at the museum in Leiden in the Netherlands, is often rented out for festivals, and worship based on Isis. The other three are located in the Met, in New York, Spain, and Italy. Now today we see her as a lunar deity, but she was a sun goddess to the ancient Egyptians. How did she shift and straddle both realms? Well, I mentioned it back in the New Moon episode, but basically, when Alexander the Great conquered Egypt in the 3rd century BCE, he brought her back to Greece. Now, the Greeks associated all female deities with the moon and lunar energy. Her new Greek worshippers saw her as a moon goddess. She's also got ties to the stars, the pyramid texts, which is like a collection of mortuary prayers, hymns and spells intended to protect dead royalty. Now these texts linked her to the star Sirius, and they actually explained that this was her soul. Now this star plays quite a huge role for Egypt. Its annual appearance in the sky at the summer solstice marked a very important event for Egypt, the flooding of the Nile. To honour this connection, a lot of temples and shrines dedicated to Isis were actually orientated towards Sirius. She also absorbed other deities' qualities and traits, which probably also helped in her popularity and longevity. She had relevance for a huge number of people. The Greeks associated her to Demeter, the goddess of agriculture. Around Lebanon, it was the Middle Eastern goddess of Astarte the goddess of fertility and sexuality. Throughout Roman cities, she was linked to Fortuna, the goddess of luck and prosperity, as well as Venus, the goddess of love. She was also linked to Persephone, the queen of the underworld. Now this came about because the husband of Isis, Osiris, was the king of the underworld in Egypt. With all this in mind, you can kind of see how she became known as the Goddess of 10,000 Names. Dr. Budge says it's, quote, manifestly impossible to limit the attributes of Isis, for we have seen that she possesses the powers of a water goddess, an earth goddess, a corn goddess, a star goddess, a queen of the underworld, and a woman and that she united in herself one or more of the attributes of all the goddesses of Egypt known to us. She's the wife of Osiris, the lord of the dead, as well as his twin sister. Now if you think that's weird, their relationship began in the womb. Wow. Granddaughter of Ra, the sun god, and the head of the Egyptian pantheon. And she's also the mother of Horus, the falcon god of the sky. Her capabilities range from resurrecting the dead and giving fertility to those who require it, and she's said to know the most powerful word in creation, the ineffable name, which is the true name of Ra, the head of the Egyptian pantheon. In myths of Egypt, knowing someone's true name was thought to give you power over them. Therefore, they were a very closely guarded secret. She also raised the people who... She also... She also raised the people who lived around the Nile out of barbarianism and taught them agriculture. She healed their illnesses and taught them how to build and how to use the loom. Now what stands out about Isis is her command of language. In some texts, she's referred to as quote, strong of tongue, that with the correct pronunciation and unwavering speech, her voice alone could perform magic. This also relates to her title as Enchantress, which refers to charming or bewitching someone with your voice, particularly if you are singing. It's also Isis and Thoth, another god of magic, that are credited with creating hieroglyphs. There's some evidence to suggest that she was viewed as the sun, and her skin in some of her statues and images may have actually been covered in gold. One of her surviving hymns from Philae refers to her as "O golden one. In the Egyptian city of Sais, there was supposedly a veiled statue of her that bore the inscription of I am all that there has been, and is, and shall be, and no mortal has ever lifted my mantle. It's interesting to note that the first part of the inscription, I am all that there has been, and is, and shall be, it's usually a phrase that we relate to a creator god. It's something that they would claim, and that kind of suggests how her status within Egyptian society shifted and grew. Now the veil of Isis became a popular metaphor for how nature's secrets remained unknown. The origins and etymology of most Egyptian deities names are lost, and this is the case with Isis. There are no concrete leads or conclusions, and Isis is actually the Greek form of her name. But we do know her original Egyptian name, and this is Aset. Although the pronunciation of that should be taken with a slight pinch of salt. A lot of the hieroglyphs can be translated, however we have no idea how they would have been pronounced. Now her name was often depicted in these hieroglyphs as a throne. And often within her headdress there was a throne too. So it's thought that her name related to being a throne goddess, the throne in Egypt was seen as a magical object, as it could transform a prince into a king. But the throne also represented the first mound which rose from primordial waters as habitable land in the Egyptian creation myth. Also, the living king was seen as the son of Isis. It's thought that she originated from Sinai, a peninsula in northeastern Egypt that actually sits in Asia. But it looks far more likely that she came from the delta region of the Nile. The first mention of her is in the pyramid texts, and they're dated to 2613 to 2181 BCE. Though it's likely she's much, much older than this. There's also a suggestion that she was based on an actual person who wrestled control of a kingdom from her father. When Alexander the Great took Isis back to Greece, she became the centre of her own mystery cult. These secret rites and rituals were conducted around one particular deity. To gain entry was a highly selective process, and there's very few details around them. However, Plutarch, a Greek philosopher, did write down some details. Initiates to Isis would shave their heads wear colourful robes, and the sistrum was often played. This was an ancient Egyptian instrument, a symbol of fertility, and one that could only be played by women. It's similar to a tambourine or a rattle. There's also a suggestion that initiates would have been baptised to mark entry into the Mystery School. This would have predated Christian practices, and has stirred up much controversy and debate. Does Christianity borrow the idea of baptism from the mystery cults? She's also linked to cows, and her followers actually avoid consuming beef. Her priestesses were often physicians and were said to obtain their healing powers through her. In 1976, Irish woman Olivia Robertson founded the Fellowship of Isis, which has over 24,000 members and promotes the idea of the Divine Feminine. The Temple of Isis on the Isle of Philae on the Nile River, is one of the most complete surviving temples to her. Though it's not in its original spot, during the 20th century when the Aswan Dam was built, the temple had to be moved on a different island with higher ground. Osiris, the husband of Isis, was supposedly buried there when his evil brother Set killed him. Isis managed to restore him to life long enough to conceive their child Horus, before Osiris travelled to the underworld to become lord of the dead. Throughout history, it was noted that the fish wouldn't approach the island, nor would birds fly over it. There's evidence to suggest that the temple was initially built in 690 BCE. However, there's older parts surviving that have been dated from around 380 BC, and it suggests that the complex was added to, over time, by various pharaohs. In ancient Egypt, as well as other cultures around the world, it was believed that deities lived in the temples dedicated to them. In this particular temple, it was believed that the creation of the world was renewed inside the temple. Isis and Ra So the following story comes from various archaeological remains, the main source being a translation from the Papyrus Turin. Isis is said to be a wise woman more rebellious than a million men, more choice than a million gods, and more to reckon than millions of spirits. She was ignorant of nothing in heaven and earth, like her grandfather Ra. Isis wanted to know the name of every noble god. Remember, to know someone's name is to have power over them. Now, Ra is very powerful, but he's also very old and bordering on decrepit. Now, bodily fluids in ancient Egypt are very powerful, particularly the spit. Now, Ra has a habit of drooling, which symbolises him wasting his power. Now, one day, Isis decides to gather this spit, as well as the earth and the dirt under it, and she forms a snake and brings it to life. Now, Ra liked going for walks through the worlds he's created, and he always uses the same crossroads in his walks. So Isis having formed this snake, leaves it at the crossroads, and also notice the reference to crossroads, a traditionally very magical place. Ra is on his daily walk, and comes to the crossroads, where he's bitten by the snake. His body is filled with pain, he's hotter than fire, he's colder than water, he's screaming out. His retinue of gods ask him what's the problem, but he can't find the words to explain. Finally he is able to call on his children and grandchildren. Quote, "'Come to me, you who exist from my body, "'Gods who came out of me, let me tell you its form. "'Pain has struck. "'My heart knows it, but my eyes cannot see it, "'nor my hands make it. "'Nor do I recognize it from all that I have made. "'I have not tasted illness like it. "'Nothing could hurt more than this.' His children and grandchildren come forward, and they're unable to help. In comes Isis, and she says, What, what, Divine Father, what? Is this a snake that has bitten you? One of your children that has raised his head against you? Then they can be felled with effective words of power. I can cause it to retreat from seeing your rays. Ra's in a rough state. He's sweating. He's shaking. His eyes can't hold steady. He cannot see. He's hot, he's cold, Quote, rain is pouring down on me in the season of summer. Isis asks him his true name. She needs to know this so she can heal as the poison has essentially been made from his essence. Ra lists to Seavey an attempt to get past a request. He says, I am the maker of heaven and earth, the binder of mountains, creator of what exists upon it. I am the maker of water for the great ocean to take form. I am the maker of hours for the day to exist. I am the cleaver of the year who creates the seasons. I am the maker of the fire of life to enable the work of the house to take place. And you get the idea. Isis gets sassy and says your name isn't there, the poison will leave you when the name is pronounced. Ra gets her to move closer. Annie whispers his name on the basis that she can only tell her son, Horus, who isn't born at this point. Isis casts out the poison by saying, and I quite like this part because the papyrus doesn't tell us Ra's name, it's still a mystery, quote, I am the one who made you, I am the one who sent you, fall to the ground poison, I have power, see the great god has raised up in his name, Ra lives, the poison has died, so and so, born of so and so is alive. The poison has died. And this is the story of how Isis gained equal power to Ra. If you want to work with Isis, the herbs you could burn are the vein, which sprung from the ground when she cried over the loss of her husband, myrrh, it's said that myrrh doesn't just represent her, it is her, and sycamore, In the tomb of Thuthmose III, a scene actually depicts her as a sycamore tree, suckling a pharaoh. You could offer her gifts of milk, honey and flowers, particularly lotus. Her symbol is the ankh, so you could incorporate that in some way as well. I mean, I have it as a necklace. You could make this as an ointment before trying to contact her. Blend myrrh essential oil with shea butter and anoint yourself. Or you could blend rose sandalwood myrrh lotus into almond oil and use this for anointing as well i got this chant from isis magic by m isadora forest that while you anoint yourself you could say "O isis beautiful in all thy names i call thee with the breath of my body i call thee with the beat of my heart i call thee with the pulse of my life i call thee with the words of my mouth i call thee with the thoughts of my mind. I call thee power and life and creation. I call thee Isis, Isis, Isis. And you could swap Isis for her Egyptian name of Aset. You could also use this hymn to invoke her. It's from one of the walls at a temple at Philae. Isis, giver of life, residing in the sacred mound. Satis, lady of bigger. She is the one who pours out the inundation that makes all people live and green plants grow, who provides divine offerings for the gods and invocation offerings for the transfigured ones. Because she is the lady of heaven, her man is the lord of the netherworld, her son is the lord of the land, her man is the pure water, rejuvenating himself in vigor in his time. Indeed, she is the lady of heaven, earth and the netherworld, Having brought them into existence through what her heart conceived and her hands created, she is the Ba, the spirit, that is in every city, watching over her son Horus and her brother Osiris. And then you would give her your offerings, you could petition her, or just say this to pay homage and build a relationship with her. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path. I also want to connect you to information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majorswell community as well as being in the communal sugar pot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Major's Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you'd wish to share at Well at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral Saint Clair for the podcast artwork. The poem this week it isn't quite a poem. It's an inscription in the form of an eritology. Now this is a series of praises written from the point of view, in this case, of Isis, and she describes who she is and what she does. It's called the Siamian Inscription, and it was created around the 2nd century CE. I am Isis, the mistress of every land, and I was taught by Hermes. And with Hermes I devised letters, both the sacred and the demotic that all things might not be written with the same letter. I gave unordained laws for human beings, which no one is able to change. I am the eldest daughter of Cronos. I am the wife and sister of King Osiris. I am she who finds fruits for humans. I am the mother of King Horus. I am she that is called goddess by women. For me was the city of Bubastis built. I divided the earth from the heaven. I showed the paths of the stars. I ordered the course of the sun and the moon. I made strong the right. I brought together woman and man. I appointed to women to bring their infants to birth in the tenth month. I ordained that parents should be loved by children. I laid punishment upon those disposed without natural affection towards their parents. I made with my brother Osiris an end to the eating of human beings. I revealed mysteries unto human beings. I taught humans to honour images of the gods. I consecrated the precincts of the gods. I broke down the governments of tyrants. I made an end to murders. I compelled women to be loved by men. I made the right to stronger than gold and silver. I ordained that the true should be thought good. I devised marriage contracts. I assigned to the Greeks and barbarians their languages. I made the beautiful and the shameful. To be distinguished by nature, I ordained that nothing should be more feared than an oath. I have delivered the plotter of evil against other humans into the hands of the one he plotted against. I established penalties for those who practice injustice. I decreed mercy to suppliants. I protect righteous guards. With me the right prevails. I am the queen of rivets and winds and sea. No one is held in honour without my knowing it. I am the queen of war. I am the queen of the thunderbolt. I stir up the sea and I calm it. I am the rays of the sun. I inspect the courses of the sun. Whatever I please, this too shall come to an end. With me, everything is reasonable. I set free those in bonds. I am the queen of seamanship. I make the navigable unnavigable when it pleases me. I created the walls of cities. I am called the lawgiver Thesmorphorus. I brought up the islands out of the depths into the light. I am lord of rainstorms. I overcome fate, fate harrisons to me. Hail, O Egypt, that nourished me. Peace out, witches. (laughs)